Before we get started today, did you know that both of us are trained and experienced coaches ready to work alongside you as you unlock your full potential? At Thrive in the Hive, our focus is on empowering moms and dads just like you. By exploring the core drivers in your everyday decisions, we'll work together to raise your awareness and harness your power to consciously choose how you show up for your parenthood. Imagine yourself with complete confidence and clarity in who you are. Imagine yourself equipped to seize life by the horns, creating limitless opportunities and recognizing limitless potential for you and your family. Message us to set up a free discovery call. Happy thriving! Hi everyone, we're Brianna and Suzanne, two teacher moms who are passionate about helping you create a home environment where your family truly thrives. We're here to help you with anything from setting up your family goals and the perfect physical space in your home to managing school expectations and parent-teacher conferences and everything in between. Whatever the unique needs of your family, we're here to help you get set up for success. Thank you for joining us today as we explore another topic to help you thrive in your hive. Welcome to another episode of Thrive in the Hive. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today as we're starting to think about winding down summer and looking at the next few weeks where school is going to be starting for most people. We just wanted to have an episode where we talk about getting yourselves into the right mindset for the school year. So Suzanne and I are both like nerds about this because obviously we're teachers and there's always like, at least for me, this little flutter of excitement when you're getting the school supplies ready and you're getting all the things organized for the school year. I actually get really excited about this, even though I'm not quite ready for summer to end. I'm, I'm excited. In fact, (laughs) we had the opportunity for the school where my boys go to order the school supplies ahead of time. And basically Mm -hmm. you just pay for it and the school supplies are all shipped to their school and I know the teachers prefer that, so I do it. But there's this little part of me that like wants to go up and down the aisles and, I know. and buy all the school supplies. I love it. I think that's part of why I became a teacher, because I love school supplies so much. I know that's weird, but I get excited about them too. By the end of the school year, I'm just desperate for summer. Sometimes I feel like I've been running this marathon. And even those years when I stayed at home with the kids, not even with me working myself, but just like for my kids, just... Are we going to make it until the last day of school without collapsing from exhaustion? So I'm always so desperate for the summer. I get tired of the routine. I get tired of the schedule. Like I'm just so ready to have time to just be more relaxed. And then I get to this point in the summer and I'm thinking, okay, this is too relaxed. We don't have enough going on. (laughs) I am so desperate to have that routine again and to be too busy. I don't think I ever really found the right balance between summer and school year, but I guess it's always worked. We survived it all. I I can't believe that I'll have only one more school year with a child at home. How crazy is that? That is pretty crazy. You can borrow mine whenever you need to uh, feel the, uh, the the crazy again. So as we are gearing up for the school year and starting to think about all of these transitions back to the school year, there are just a couple of points that we wanted to talk about today so that we're thinking through this to get ourselves set up for success for the school year. And so that hopefully you can start to think about what are those things that I need to get ready for the school year? Let's face it, we've had two crazy school years like the last two school years. Yeah. 
two school years ago ended with the whole world shut down for COVID quarantine. And, and then last school year, some schools were open, some schools were only virtual. There was kind of all over the place. Everybody so, was, yeah, every school exactly. had something different. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, so whatever you're coming from the last two school years, this school year is a fresh start. And we're going to be back to whatever that new normal is, hopefully. <laughs> um, and so just thinking about that as a fresh perspective and deciding today, this is going to be an awesome school year. And then running toward that awesome school year. Having that visualization and believing it and knowing like, I'm going into this, it's going to be great. Having that positive mindset makes such a huge difference. And I think that more than ever, we really need that this coming year because I think a lot of our kids are going to be a little worried because it's been so strange for the last year and a half of school. And um, especially if you have young kids who maybe like went to kindergarten and then kindergarten shut down and then first grade, they were virtual. It's almost going to be like starting over for them going into second grade because they haven't had that same like be in the classroom all day long with the same teacher. But if you go in anxious about it and worried about it, then that's going to rub off on the kids. But if you say, this is going to be amazing, it's going to be awesome, we're going to get the most out of this school year, then you have that positive mindset, it's going to transfer to your kids and they won't have so much anxiety. Exactly. So it's super important to think about the physical space within your home and how you can get that set up for a fantastic school year. So do a deep clean. And when I say do a deep clean, it doesn't have to be all you. Get your whole family involved, team effort to Mm -hmm. clean the house, um, get it back to this optimal baseline, essentially, where you're purging some stuff. I have been purging like crazy in our house. Like, Uh, I I joked with my husband the other day, like, I might take the shirt off your back and give it away (laughs) because I'm just in that mode right now. (laughs) It's looking a little faded. It's time to... to donate that. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's funny. We've been so busy like this the first part of the summer that I'm stressed because I'm running out of time, but I am literally spending probably the next week for sure doing nothing but this clean because like I need to do my closet. I need to do my son's room totally needs to be done. The guest room, it needs to be done. Like we're we're going all out mm-hmm. and I'll be purging like crazy just to get, like you said, I love to just get it back to that baseline before school starts where you know where everything is, everything's organized and your things are easy to access. Just getting to that point is such a good feeling because then you can start the school year off fresh and without all of this stress and all this time wasting of running around looking for certain shoes or certain shirts or backpack or whatever it is you need. And then just when school starts, there's always like summer reading projects and what did you do over the summer type of projects. If you have all your crafty stuff organized, like when those projects come home, you just like, here you go, kids, have Mm -hmm. at it. It's all here. We don't have to look for yarn. We don't have to look for glue. Like we know where everything is. Right. We don't have to run to the store at 830 at night because we realized (laughs) it's due tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Another thing that I always do, I don't have a mud room. And so I tried to swap out we have a little area where we keep our bags and things like that so in the summer that tends to be like the stuff that we would take to the pool so the bag that has that I'd put the towels and the sunscreen and the bug spray and all that kind of stuff in but now I'm thinking like I gotta swap that out there'll be a transition time where all the school stuff and the summer stuff is out because for us the the pools don't close until 
like Labor Day, but we have to go back to school in August. So Mm -hmm. there's like a transition where there's a lot of stuff, but I need to make space because I know that the backpacks are going to have to go there and the shoes, all the stuff that go with school. Like I have a spot, especially when my kids were younger, where like that's where your backpack needs to be before you go to bed at night. So it's packed and ready to go. So thinking about just that physical space in your house of where are you going to have that backpack space? Where are you going to have that lunchbox space? When my kids are also, they were younger, every Wednesday they had the folder come home, like the parent folder, and it had graded work, any kind of paperwork that the school wanted to send home. And then we got into where a lot of it was emailed. So just trying to organize that space, like where are you going to, are you going to have a folder on your email where you can put all that information that comes from the school? Where is your place in the house for when the school sends the actual physical papers home so that they don't get lost if you have to fill out forms or any kinds of things for your kids so it can be get done and get sent back on time? Yes. And don't be trapped by what you've always done. Try to approach this as, like we said, a fresh year and a fresh start. And just because this is what the system you used last year or the year before or the year before, maybe you've always used it, evaluate. Does that system really work? Does it really serve us? Or is there a better system that could work? Like now is the perfect time to think about that. Yeah, there's so much information out there like on YouTube and TikTok and there's so many life hacks and things like that. You can get a lot of ideas of oh, wow, that would be so much more efficient if I organized my things that way. So you can just Google things like, I don't know, setting up the space for being ready for school or anything like that and just see what all kinds of ideas people have because there's a lot of people out there with amazing ideas. Mm -hmm. Going beyond the physical space. So we've cleaned, we've organized, it's all set up. It's also important, and we go back to this constantly, but to evaluate what your priorities are for this school year. Priorities, priorities, priorities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're the most important thing. That's how you, to me, that's how you live your life, just knowing this is what's important and this is what I'm striving for. So you're always looking ahead and thinking as your kids get older, we're always striving for independence. So even when you have little kids, you're still looking down the road and looking at the priorities to help get your kids to that independence so that when they're 18... They can go to college or they can do whatever the next step is, unless you want them to live at home with you forever, which some people (laughs) might want that. But speaking as someone who has a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old, I love my babies. I love them so much. But there is a part of me that's excited about them moving on to college and I'll still see them, but they won't be here every day. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll be crying in some of these podcasts probably I know, in the future. I was just about to say that. <laughs> We're going to have some tear sessions. <sighs> but, but it's the natural course of life. And so right. you're looking towards, I need my kids to be independent by then. So it's baby steps along the way. You're not going to make your seven-year-old act like an 18-year-old. That's not realistic. But looking at those priorities of what what needs to happen in this school year to get them a little bit more independent looking long-term, break it down. What are some of the tasks? And we have that podcast that talks about fostering independence. And you go back and listen to as well. Exactly. That actually just made me start thinking about that. If your priorities from year to year are not changing, then that's something to evaluate, in my opinion. We're creatures of habit and you tend to just go with what you've always done. But you need those priorities to change from year to year so that your kids can grow and change from year to year. And if you think about it through that lens – 
I feel like that gives it a little bit more definition for those people like me who need a little bit more definition, a little bit more structure of like, okay, what do I need to do now? Right. And just thinking about what are your expectations and what are your kids' expectations when they're really young and they're just starting out school? Maybe you don't really know what they're capable of. It's hard for me to remember back to when they were like three and four. I think we all look at our kids and think they're geniuses and they're amazing, but you don't really know until they get into school and you start to see how they, they perform. So I think having high expectations, but realistic expectations, and I think that's always the balance and always the difficulty as a parent to have high expectations that your kids can achieve, but not so strict or not so high that they feel like they're failing because they can never reach the standard that you have for them. So it's harder when they're little because you don't know, but as they start to grow and they spend some time in school, you can look at that and remember that your kids are always changing. So they may be struggling. Alex, for example, had a hard time with reading. I don't know how much I've talked about this, but just learning to read was a struggle for him. And it took us a while to figure out what was wrong. And he had some vision issues. And then once we got on that, then it all came together. But we, we that's a whole other podcast. But our expectations probably weren't as high for him because we knew he was struggling that year. But then once he took off and he was able to read, then we were like, okay, wait a second. We need to push him more than we have been. And so we had conversations with him and we're like, you can do this. You're able to read now. So we have higher expectations for you. And so those priorities changed every year for us. We could see what both of our kids were capable of doing. We had conversations with them about what our expectations were. They contributed to those conversations and they had a clear goal for what they were looking for in that school year and what we were looking for in that school year. And it made it so much easier because they knew what our expectations were and they bought into it because they were part of the priorities conversation. Mm-hmm. Love that. Think about while you're going into these conversations with your kids and as a family, really, I'm kind of picturing this as like a round table discussion yeah, um, absolutely. with your whole family, but like what didn't work last school year? What Mm -hmm. drove you crazy about last school year? What are some things that going into this school year, if it stays the same, you're going to dread it and you're going to be like, ah, I hate this. Yeah. Change it now. Go Mm -hmm. in and decide that it's a priority not to have that again. So Mm -hmm. like, for instance, if, and I hear this a lot from parents, like homework is a huge fight. And I've been there actually. We had a year, we had a school, one school year, um, for one of my sons where like homework was a huge fight. Like he did not want to do it. And it was like baby homework at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, You're like, what's going to happen when you have to do real homework? <laughs> exactly. I remember being like to my husband, I am ter- terrified that the next 18 years are going to be a fight to do homework. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because I could take ownership of that in as much as I could and help my son to take ownership of that as much as he could. And we got through it. Like it was a rough period of time, but we're through it. And we've been through it for a couple of years now where he's fine. He's over that hurdle and we're in a good place for homework. But if that's always a huge fight for you and your household or for one of your kids or all of your kids or whatever, how can you set the stage now so that you change that for this school year? How can you start having those talks with your family of like, okay, how did it make us feel Mm -hmm. when homework time ended up in crying or yelling or people storming off to their rooms or whatever was happening in your house. How did that make us feel? How do we want to feel? How can we change that? What are our goals? How can we make homework time something that like we know we have to do it 
So let's approach it with a healthy attitude, with a plan so that we can get through it this year and not just trudge along through it, but actually do it, learn from it, grow from it and move on and have a life. Absolutely. And talking to them about like, why do you have homework? And making sure they understand the purpose of it. And in lots of schools, it's different. Some schools don't assign homework, but then you have homework because you didn't get your work done at school. And so that's another conversation like, well, why are you bringing this home? Because you're not supposed to have homework. So why do you have homework? And what's going on in class? Like, why are you wasting your time there? Or maybe you're not, they're not wasting their time. Maybe it's just too much work. And that's a conversation that you need to have with the teacher to find out, is there something happening that I need my kid to get some help with? There's so many things that you can go through and approach. But if you have these conversations about what the expectations are, then you can problem solve when maybe there's too much homework or there's something going on. And you can also put in the rewards. Like some schools have a very set, like you're going to do 10 minutes of math and you're going to do 10 minutes of reading and you have very structured homework. And you can tell the kids, this is why you have this homework because it's helping you. You're going to learn more. And if they don't want to do it, then what is the consequence if they don't do it? But what is the reward if they do it? And I, I, I like the intrinsic rewards. If you're doing your homework, you're learning more and you're going to be more prepared for tomorrow and next year and the rest of your life. So just talking to them about why how this homework is going to help them can maybe give them that inside motivation to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And if they're um, not there yet to be able to accept and understand that intrinsic motivation, then check out that rewards and consequences resource on the membership section of the Hive because it has awesome rewards ideas that are like creative and thinking outside the box. So if you are to that stage, like I'm thinking about my son, this was really like his first year of like real school. He was in pre-K and the homework was not like using the word homework is strong. Because it wasn't Mm -hmm. like homework, homework, but it was homework for a four-year-old. And we needed some of those rewards that were more extrinsic. Yeah. So do what works for you. And you're not going to have to do those extrinsic rewards for forever. Like No, you definitely don't. Yeah. No, but I definitely had to when when my kids were little. Because when they're in first and second grade, like they just want to come home and play. But they do start to have homework, and some of it's pretty real homework once they're in those grades, and they're learning to read, they're learning basic math. They have to get that foundation, and they're not going to be able to go on and really learn and apply that, in, like in middle school and stuff. So getting those good habits down at a young age is important. And if it takes the ice cream or the video game for 10 minutes or whatever their currency is to get them to do the homework at a young age you're just building good habits and you won't have to do it forever like my kids in middle school and high school I never even argued with them about homework like they just did it they came home they got it done and I never I never had to really intervene or or do anything Mm -hmm. but I did when they were younger like for sure I had to motivate them in lots of different ways to build those good habits exactly Mm -hmm. and Doing that while they're little, like being even more strict than you naturally want to be about it can really help you in the future. Like going through with them, decide like, okay, for my second grader this year, I am going to spend the whole first quarter every night, we're going to go through their agenda together Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, decide what what it is for your kid. But go through it with them where it's a non-negotiable and get them in that habit And then see in quarter two, can they take over that or can we scaffold that off where we're only doing it together three nights a week, but they're doing it two nights a week? Like 
but you're there and you're looking over their shoulder, but they might mm-hmm. not necessarily know that you're there looking over their shoulder. You know your child and see how much of that responsibility you can kind of shift onto them. For sure. I think organization as well, like starting your kits off organized and doing the same kind of thing with every day. You make sure that their binder, their folders, like whatever their system is, sometimes you don't have a choice. Like sometimes the school or the teacher says, this is how papers will be organized in this school or in this classroom. So they have a folder for each subject, or maybe they have one big binder with dividers, whatever the system is that you have to use. And if they don't give you a system, then you're free to come up with your own. But just making sure that every day that binder or those folders are organized. There's no loose papers floating around in their backpack getting crumpled up. And again, scaffold that. And I'll say with one of my children, I won't say which one, that scaffolding took a couple of years. There was a lot of resistance to wanting to be organized as a young elementary child. And I was not going to give up. Like that was something I I firmly believe in that the more organized you are, the more successful you're going to be because you're not wasting your time looking for stuff or having to redo things that you've lost. And so that was non-negotiable to me. And it probably took a good two years to get that child to buy into it and be able to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. And so don't think it's always going to be a quick fix. Like, oh, I'm just going to show them for a couple of weeks and it's going to be peachy keen. No, sometimes it might take years for them to finally realize, but it's worth it because now I don't have to worry about it. Like both of my kids are super organized in their own way. They can find what they're looking for. It might not look organized to everybody else, but they have their system and they don't lose things. And that's all that matters. Right. That's the goal. Yeah. Some other ideas to think about, maybe lunches, the system, like maybe last year your child forgot their lunch at home regularly, or lunches were something that y'all were like running around right before you left for school trying to get together. Think about how you can set up a system to make that better. Like for us, I always fix lunches the night before so that all we have to do is put it all in the lunch kit the next morning. And that's what works for me, but I know a lot of people do it that morning. And if that's what works for you, then awesome. But figure out a system where it's not chaos again, if that Mm -hmm. is something that your family struggled with last year. And again, what worked last year may not work this year. So because your kids are a whole year older. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like, oh, I have to do it the way we did last year. It's just like anything else, thinking about what's going to work for this year. And if your kids are older, maybe in the past you were doing all the lunches and now they can start helping. And maybe by the end of this year, they're making all their own lunches. Maybe it's time to move into that level of independence for your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my oldest is asking about that, taking more ownership and taking his lunch. And I'm excited about that, that he has initiated that. I also think like for us, we went through this phase where and when they were younger, I was doing all the lunches and then they moved into being very independent and making all their own lunches. And then once they got into high school, I started, I took it back over again. Like my husband actually became the lunch maker just because they were so busy with extracurricular activities and also all their studies and their social life that I wanted them to have that good balance, but I also wanted to make sure they had enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And so we took over some of those tasks again when they were in high school. Like in middle school, they could have gone and lived on their own because they were making their own lunches. They did all the chores around the house. They did all their own laundry. Like they were super independent. And then the high school hit and they didn't really have time to do all of those tasks. So we took over some of those again. Of course, they're still very independent and they can do all of those things. Mm-hmm. But 
we we did go back to helping them out with some of those tasks just because they really needed to get the sleep that so they Your could be successful. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't think you feel like – I know that sometimes I guess I felt bad. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing so much for them. But we knew what the priorities were. Like we knew how the time that they needed to be focused and successful to do the best they could in school. And so – I felt good because I'm like, I know they can do laundry. I'm just doing it for them now. So don't feel bad if you like got your kids this major independent part of their lives and you think, oh, they could be self-sufficient at the age of 13. And then suddenly you go back again and you're doing stuff for them. That's okay. You just have to look at time, time management and priorities and, and work together as a family to do all the tasks that need to get done. Exactly. Real confession. My husband taught me how to do laundry. (laughs) I did a lot of other things. Like my parents, they cultivated independence in other ways. But my mom loves to do laundry. Still to this day, everyone goes to her house and she's like, okay, give me your laundry. She can get a stain out of anything. Ooh, that's Um, nice. So I just didn't want to take that joy away from her when I was growing up. Of course. Why would you? (laughs) But yeah, I still remember doing my first little laundry. And I was like, so what do I do? And he was like, are you serious? Yeah, that happened. Um, I think I think every parent has the thing that they enjoy doing, and their kids are like never know how to do it. They're gonna get out and be like, "I don't know how to do that." Yeah, <laughs> because we all have our little tasks that are fun for us. So. Uh, <laughs> you don't even realize it because it's not a chore. Like for me, it's not a chore to do some of these things. I probably don't even realize that my kids have never done it. You know, someday they'll start- be like, "Mom, you never taught me how to." I don't know peel my orange or something (laughs) whatever it is I'm gonna start trying to think of what that is for me I can't think of anything off the top of my head um another idea like maybe your child's bedroom is always like a black hole and they don't have what they need for school or they can't find things or it's just maybe their room like smells or something I don't know because of all of the stuff in their room figure out a system now going into the school year that's going to work better for your child so like Maybe you don't really care what their room looks like during the week, but every Sunday their room has to be pristine. Or um, like I've I've heard a lot of families use that system. We've actually used that system for our playroom before. Like during the week you can play, you can make a mess, whatever. But on Sundays it has to be back to like great working order. Mm -hmm. Maybe y'all have a check-in two times a week. Maybe your child just needs you to help them. Like Suzanne was saying earlier that she's overhauling some of her rooms in her house right now. Maybe they need you to sit with them for a day or two and overhaul their bedroom to make a better system. And then they'll be able to keep it up during the school year. So -hmm. just think about your child. Think about the way your household is run. But these are the kind of systems that we're trying to think about right now while we can still breathe and it's not crazy to start the school year yet. That, like, what can I do? Like, okay, my child, I was constantly getting emails from the teacher last year that they weren't getting their homework at school. So what can I do now? Because it was being left in the room or whatever it is. Like, I'm making this up right now. But Mm -hmm. think about what are these systems that I can put in place. Maybe my child needs to sit at the kitchen counter and do their homework so that they're in the same room as I am and so that they're not tempted to go play with the things in their bedroom or whatever it is. The point of this is just think about those systems that maybe were less than optimal last year and think about now how you can make a plan. And again, it shouldn't all be on you. Have that roundtable discussion with your family and communicate that plan with your family and formulate that plan with your family so that everyone buys in and everyone's on the same page because otherwise, again, we're creatures of habit 
If you don't think about it now and talk about it now, your kids are going to come home that first week of school and they're going to go back to their highest level of training, which is what Mm -hmm. they did last year, right? And if it didn't work last year, it probably won't work this year, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if it was like something that was like a major fail last year. So think about it now, practice with it now, talk about it now, and it just really will set you up for a better school year and just to function better and thrive within your home. Definitely. Some other things to think about are like routines. You're in a summer routine right now. You've got to transition back into a school routine. And I know our bedtime would get messed up in the summer because it stays light so late. There's always things to do. And that's fine because you can go to bed late. You can sleep later. But now it's time to be like, okay, wait, you have to start waking up at, I don't know, 630 in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, whatever time your kids need to get up. That means you need to start slowly like backing the bedtime back to the normal school time bedtime and start getting them to wake up so it's not such a shock. Because even speaking from the teacher's perspective, that first week of school is rough on everybody. Mm -hmm. It's rough on the teachers. Like to me, the first two weeks of school are the most exhausting weeks of my whole year because I'm not used to being on my feet all day. I'm not used to talking all day. I'm not used to waking up at that time and going to bed at that Mm -hmm. time. So I know if I'm feeling like that, I can look at all the kids in my class and I see they're exhausted too. Like they're not used to it. So help the teachers out. Start getting your kids more on that schedule of the actual time they have to wake up and go to bed to get the right amount of sleep so they can function well at school. Because the first week of school is so important for the teachers as a part of establishing the procedures, the routines, the expectations. And you do not want your kids like sleeping through class when the teacher is explaining how to do all of that stuff because they're gonna really struggle the rest of the year. They're gonna miss important information. So thinking about that bedtime and making sure you're getting the bedtime and the wake up time, just like maybe every day you change it by 15 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on how many hours off you are of your school time, bedtime, you know, kind of figure out like, oh, we're two hours off. So I need to, in one week, I have to adjust by 15 minutes every day or something. Um, Just start doing that because you can't just go from one day to the next or everybody's exhausted and cranky. So take a week to transition back into that normal bedtime and wake up time. Yeah, at least a week. I'm thinking about my own family. Like I would like to start transitioning us back now. We recently came out with a podcast on sleep and the importance of sleep and go back and listen to that because that really speaks to what Suzanne is talking about right now and just how important that is for them to function well at school. On another note, I know a lot of kids have more screen time during the summer. Please, 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 in the same way that you're transitioning them back to a regular bedtime, transition them, wean them off of that screen time. Because as a teacher, when you're standing up in front of them, like it's hard for you to compete with a screen all day. So try to wean your kiddos off of screen time, not off completely, but back to like a regular school year amount. If they've been on their screens or playing gaming systems or whatever, a lot more during the summer, just be aware of that and kind of transition that back down so that, I mean, it's addictive. It's made to be addictive Mm -hmm. so that they are able to better focus on their teacher and get their teacher their attention when they're back at school during the day and in that more structured environment. Yeah. And I'm going to say like where we live in the Houston area, I think it has rained pretty much every day of this summer. I, I don't know if we've had a day where it didn't rain especially in the last like three weeks. And so I'm guessing that there's been a lot of kids with a lot of screen time because 
They can't go outside. They can't go to the pool. They can't do any of the normal stuff because not only has it rained, but like a lot of days it's rained all day. Mm-hmm. And so they're stuck inside. So I'm sure parents are going nuts this summer. We did those podcasts on getting ready for the summer. So go back and check out those if you're looking for activities to do to keep your kids busy and get them off the screen. Yes, literally yesterday at the time of this recording, it rained, I don't know, I think for two days straight. I don't think it ever really stopped, like at least drizzling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the second it stopped, I texted my neighbors. I was like, let's go outside. Like yeah. I was more excited than the kids were. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Think about, and we're going to do a whole podcast on this coming up shortly, but think about your organization routine. So like you as a parent and as you know, one of the heads of your household, Think about what are the routines that you're going to have in place this school year, like on Saturdays or Sundays when you have a moment to breathe and think, what are you going to set up for the week? Just start thinking about that. Like, how are you going to um, sort of do your weekly refresh to set up for the week? How are you going to do things like plan menus? How are you going to make sure that the backpacks are not black holes? What system are you going to have to sit with your kid and help them clean out their backpacks for the week? What system are you going to have to make sure that Monday morning y'all are ready to go and you're not still like um, hungover, so to speak, from the week before? (laughs) So think about those systems, your organization routines that you're going to have in place to help you to run your household smoothly. So that's something you can think about now as well. And while I'm on that note, I can't say how many times over the years, like August comes around, the kid comes to school and their backpack is still packed from the last day of last year. last year. year. Yes. Do that now. Unpack it. They don't need any of that stuff or like what they do need, keep it, clean it up. But don't send them to school on that first day with their backpack already the black hole from last school year. Give them a fresh start. A fresh start. Please. We need, every kid needs a fresh start in every way. So especially with the backpack. Yes. Yes. And thinking about just school routines, I think we kind of mentioned this earlier, but what, you know, what's your system going to be for when the folder comes home from school, when you get the emails from school, how are you going to keep that stuff organized? Where are you going to keep the backpacks? Where are you going to keep the lunch kits? What's the routine for making sure the lunch kit does not get left on the counter? Or when they come home from school, what's the routine so that you can get everything cleaned out and have the lunch kit ready to get turned around for the next day? So just having an idea of what all of that's going to look like and where you're going to keep all of this stuff to keep all of these things organized so that your day and your weeks run smoothly. All right. So we are going to wrap up. Our takeaway for today is that summer's winding down. We're about to get back into another school year. This is a fresh start. Carefully mold your mindset to reflect the amazing school year you want to have. And your action item for today is to be proactive about making sure that it's an amazing year. Identify one thing that was not ideal about last school year and make a plan for how you can improve that thing. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. Please share this podcast with anyone who you think could benefit going into this school year so that everyone can have an amazing school year. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of our show today. If you enjoyed what you heard and would like to learn more about setting yourself up to thrive in your hive, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Also, check out our website at thriveinthehive.life. We can also be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We can't wait to talk with you again soon.
Hi, listeners. Just a quick note that the views expressed in this podcast are solely the personal views of Brianna and Suzanne. They are not the viewpoints of any of the institutions that we may be affiliated with.